Hello and welcome to the Grace Place NYC. We are a church in the neighborhood of Hamilton Heights in Harlem. Our purpose is to live for Christ, love the lost, and transform our culture. I want to start with a joke. You guys like jokes? This is my debut of stand-up comedy here, okay? Uh, Let's see how it goes. Uh, A preacher was suddenly called out of town and he asked the new youth minister to conduct services on Sunday. When he returned, he asked his wife how the young man had done. Not so well, she reported. It was the poorest sermon I had ever heard. Nothing to it at all. Meeting the youth minister later, the preacher asked him how he had managed. Pretty good, I guess, replied the young man. As I did not have time to prepare anything myself, I just used one of your sermons. (laughs) I got a few laughs. Okay, well, we are uh, starting a series on the book of Proverbs today. uh, And my subtitle this morning is Wisdom Is. Okay, and a proverb, just to give a little framework, is simply a wise saying that conveys a specific truth. Therefore, the book of Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings from different authors conveying many different truths. And the largest contributor to the book of Proverbs is King Solomon, who was uh, the wisest man on earth besides Jesus. And Proverbs is a form of Hebrew poetry marked by parallelism. Okay? which simply means that what you'll see as you're reading this book is that two phrases or sentences are paralleled uh, um, uh, against each other side by side, and they are compared to one another to expand on a truth. So what will happen is there, there will be one phrase, and then the second phrase or sentence may expand on the point of the first phrase, or it might be a counterpoint in order to shed more light on the first phrase, okay? But most importantly, what we need to realize is that Proverbs looks beyond Solomon to Christ, who is greater than Solomon, okay? Matthew 12, 42 says this, the queen of Sheba will also stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here but you refuse to listen. And obviously Jesus was talking about himself here. While we see later in life that Solomon failed to live according to wisdom, Jesus lived faithfully and wisely. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 1.24, we are told that Christ is God's wisdom. And it's only through pursuing a relationship with Christ that we can fully unlock the wisdom in the book of Proverbs into our lives. And so I wanted to set that framework so that we don't hear a sermon on Proverbs and just say and just think to ourselves, if I just sort of uh, walk in these principles, I'm going to be good. No, it comes through developing an intimate relationship with you. It comes through surrendering our heart to Jesus. And as we do that, Jesus imparts wisdom and power to us in order for us to live these uh, wisdom principles out. Amen. And so we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs chapter one, and I'm going to read the first seven verses, and it'll be up on the screen for you to read along. And it says this, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right 
just, and fair. Verse 4, these Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I think all of us, regardless of what walk of life you're in, regardless of how old you are, regardless of what background you have, I think all of us can say that we need more wisdom, right? I I know I can. If we could point to something in our world right now that is sorely lacking, it would definitely be wisdom and common sense, right? Uh, We could use more wisdom when it comes to what we post on social media. Okay? We could definitely use more wisdom when it comes to how we engage with people who disagree with us on social media. Right? Not only on social media, but we are in major need of wisdom in our everyday lives. Like, what do we do if our kid comes home from school with a black eye? What do we do if we unexpectedly come into a large amount of money? What do we do if we unexpectedly lose our job? How do we walk in wisdom if a child decides that they don't believe in God anymore? How do we respond if we find out someone was spreading rumors about us at work? We need wisdom in order to navigate through the complexities of life because you and I both know that life is not simple. There's a lot of nuances, there's a lot of complexities, there's a lot of things that happen in our day-to-day lives. And in order for us to navigate through these complexities, you and I, we need wisdom because there's a whole lot of people that are walking through this life without wisdom and it shows. Amen? And so I want to ask us the question, what is wisdom? Because in order to walk in wisdom, we must first know what wisdom is. And so I want to give you five aspects of wisdom today, and I got the skeleton uh, of the outline this morning from Tim and Kathy Keller's devotional on the book of Proverbs. So the first aspect of wisdom that I want to look at today is wisdom is right choices, okay? Wisdom is making the right choice even when there are no clear moral laws telling you explicitly or specifically what to do. It's making the right choice, even if there's not a book and verse attached to it, okay? Some choices only take knowledge, okay? Like how to get from here to Mumbai Masala, okay? (laughs) Only takes knowledge to get there. You go out those doors right there, you hang a left, go past West 147th Street, and it'll be right there on the left, okay? All you need is knowledge to know how to get there for some delicious chicken tikka masala after church, amen? or the proper medicine to take. Uh, For example, if you have a headache, you're not going to go to the pharmacy and pick up some Pepto-Bismol, okay? Because you understand that in order to cure your headache, you need pain medicine, not stomach medicine, because the issue is with your head, not your tummy. And some choices only require following the rules, like whether you should steal from your job or not, or cheat on your taxes. But there are a ton of things that the Bible does not specifically tell you what to do on, okay? Like exactly whom you should marry. The Bible doesn't specifically say you need to marry this person. Now, the Bible describes what you should look for or what type of person you should not marry. 
but there's a lot of gray area involved as well. The Bible doesn't specifically tell you what job you should take or what city you should live in or what neighborhood you should live in or what college you should go to or what, ma what, what your major should be or what kind of church you should plant yourself in. Yet, making an unwise decision in these areas can deeply affect your life in many, many ways. How many of you know a Christian who married the wrong person or someone, a Christian that took the wrong job or someone that, that majored in the wrong uh, thing and because of that decision, they're miserable now? I, I know people like that and I'm sure you know people like that. In the same way, there are no specific moral laws against abrasiveness or impulsiveness or being overly sensitive or being disorganized, but these things can also negatively affect our lives. And this is why the Holy Spirit inspired Solomon and other writers to pen the book of Proverbs, to impart to us wisdom to help us make the right decisions in all of the areas of our lives that aren't black and white. So what is wisdom? Number two, it's receiving instruction. Wisdom is receiving instruction. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 2 again. Their purpose, talking about the Proverbs, is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. The word discipline here is the Hebrew word musar, and it means instruction. It means discipline with strong accountability. Okay? It means correction and chastisement and exhortation. You know, when you hear about stories of moral failures, whether that be people in politics or entertainment or even in the church, the common denominator in all of these situations is a lack of accountability. If you boil down the, the common denominator of all these people, regardless of what field they're in, you can boil it down to a lack of accountability in their life. The person that had the moral failure pushed out or removed the people in their lives that could have held them accountable. Okay? They, in essence, removed the ability to make wise choices in their lives because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Proverbs 19.20 says this, Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. You gain wisdom by allowing people to speak into your life and hold you accountable for the choices and the decisions that you make, okay? And wise people willingly accept and ask for accountability. And, and, and in the same way, unwise people avoid accountability. And let me give you some advice. Don't wait for someone to ask you if they can hold you accountable because that's never going to happen. And if they did ask you, you would think it was weird and, and, and you would think, get out of my business. Okay? So don't wait for someone else to ask you to hold you accountable. You pursue accountability in your life. You initiate it and you ask for someone in your life to be that person that can speak truth into your life. Proverbs 27, uh, 5 and 6 says this, Better is open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. It's not always friends that tell you what you want to hear. Okay? 
sometimes a real friend will hurt your feelings because you need to hear what they have to say. Because it's the only way you're going to grow. It's the only way you're going to heal. It's the only way you're going to move forward. Jesus, who was God in human form, surrounded himself with 12 other men called the disciples. Yeah, he did that to disciple them and train them so that he could send them out. But it also worked as 12 accountable relationships. And these men walked with each other and they spent large amounts of time with one another and they were able to hold each other accountable. Let me ask you a question. Do you have anyone in your life that you have given permission to call you out on your crap? Okay, excuse my language, but it's the honest truth. Have you given anybody permission in your life to call you out on your stuff? Have you allowed and given permission to anybody in your life that, 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 that can see through the fakeness, that can see through the facade, that can see through the, 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 the image that you're putting forward and they can see down in your heart and they can call you out when they see you straying, when they see you acting in a way that is hurtful or destructive? or destructive or unhealthy? Do you have anybody in your life that can say, you know what, I see right through you and and I'm just going to get to the heart of the issue and tell you the truth? Someone who can call you out when you don't follow through on something you said you were going to do. Someone who can tell you that you are wrong in how you acted towards that person, how you acted in a specific situation. is, Is there anybody in your life that can tell you you were straight up mean to that person in that, in that interaction you had. You were unkind to that person. You were unfair in that situation. Is there anybody in your life that can speak into those areas of your heart? All of us need relationships like this, okay? All of us need it. None of us are beyond needing accountability and people speaking into our lives. Wisdom is, number three, understanding insights, understanding insights. Let's look at verse uh, two of Proverbs one again. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. That word insights means the power or act of seeing into a situation. It is also the ability to notice distinctions and shades of difference where others see only a blur. Did you hear that? It is also the ability to notice distinctions and shades of difference where others only see a blur. Okay, for example, Priscilla, she is a photographer. And so she will, uh, she'll she'll look at a picture that someone posted and she'll say, hey, Steve, look at this picture. Do you notice anything about it? I'm like, well, they're standing and looking into the camera or they're looking off to the side trying to look serious or trying to look pensive or whatever. Uh, and she'll say, no, the way these people were posed did not uh, make them look the greatest. Or the angle in which these people were posed did not uh, create the, the, the effect when it comes to light that is the most glamorous. And she can notice these things where I can look at a picture and, and I just see the picture. But she can notice the distinctions in it. She can notice the angles and, and, and she can notice the specific poses, okay? In the same way, I can notice whether you are gripping a baseball bat or a golf club the proper way, okay? Where my wife cannot. 
a couple weeks ago when we were in Florida, we uh, played a round of mini golf, and I looked over at her, and she was gripping the golf club with the, with the opposite hands, and then she was just putting away, and I was like, Priscilla, you're gripping that golf club the wrong way, and she was like, well, it just feels good, so I'm going to keep doing it, okay? <laughs> Because she, while I understand how, I understand if the bat is too heavy for you, you got to choke up on the bat to create more bat speed so you can hit the ball. She does not recognize that and she does not understand that. And I say that to say this, she is wiser than me when it comes to photography. And I am wiser than her when it comes to sports. Biblical wisdom gives us the ability to see beyond the surface. Okay? For example, if your kid is getting into fights at school, wisdom is the, is the ability to ask where the anger is coming from, where the source of anger is coming from, so that you can minister to your child. Not just tell them, don't get in fights, but so that you can get to the root and the source of the issue and you can minister to your child in that way. It's being able to look at someone who is homeless and looking beyond their temporary circumstance and looking at them as a multi faceted human created in the image of God and treating them with dignity instead of treating them as a nuisance. It's being able to have a conversation with someone that sees the world completely different than you, yet find points of agreement instead of just dividing where you disagree. Having insight means discerning between right and wrong, but, but, but having insight goes beyond just discerning between right and wrong. Having insight is also discerning between good, better, and best. Because for most mature Christians, it's easy for us to know between right and wrong, but where we get ourselves in trouble is choosing between good, better, and God's best for our lives. Philippians 1, 9 through 11 says this, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. What Paul is saying to us here is that as Christ's love grows in our hearts, so does our depth of insight into people's lives, into different situations, and our own lives will grow as well, and we'll grow in insight into our own lives and situations as well. And as we grow in Christ's love, our empathy will grow also. The depth of our love for the people in our lives will grow. Our ability to look into a situation and give wise thoughts, to, to, to give a wise perspective, it will grow as our love for Christ deepens and grows. And number four, Wisdom is having discretion. Wisdom is having discretion. Let's read Proverbs 1, uh, 3, and 4, but in the uh, uh, NIV this time. These Proverbs are for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, forgiving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Having discretion means knowing not only what to do, but when to do it. Okay. Discretion is knowing that you want to be with someone, but knowing when to ask this person to be your girlfriend. Discretion is knowing not to ask her out on a date right after a traumatic breakup. Discretion is understanding 
that you need to wait until she heals from that last breakup so the whole relationship won't be about what she just went through, but you can start your relationship by getting to know one another. That's what discretion is. Here, here's why discretion is important. A blessing at the wrong time can actually be a curse. A blessing at the wrong time can actually be a curse in our lives. That's why you, you hear lottery winners, most of them, think something like 75% of lottery winners go bankrupt within three years. They're in a worse financial situation than before they won the lottery, okay? Because a blessing at the wrong time can be a curse. Proverbs 27, 14 says this, If you wake your friend in the early morning by shouting, Rise and shine! It will sound to him more like a curse than a blessing. And this verse reminds me of my daughter, okay? It's just like my daughter. Uh, in order to wake up my son, Boston, all we have to say is, uh, hey, boss, hey, buddy, it's time to get up. It's time for school. It's time for camp. It's time for church. And usually, most of the 90% of the time, he'll just get up. But my daughter, a completely different story. She is much more difficult to get up. And so Priscilla and I, we have to use discretion when waking her up. We can't just shake her and say, get up. We can't just get in her ear and say, Avia, get up. Because if we do it the wrong way, she will be in a bad mood the rest of the morning. And so we don't want her, her wake-up call to be a curse. So we use discretion when waking up Avia. And so we have to be more patient with her. We have to be more gentle with her. Waking her up is a little bit of a process, okay? And uh, waking my wife up is a little bit of a process too. My daughter takes after my wife. And so, uh, and so we got to be more gentle and use a little more discretion, okay? Discretion is knowing what kinds of responses will lead to what kinds of results, okay? Have you ever met someone that lacked discretion, okay? People without discretion lack tact and end up unnecessarily hurting all sorts of people and lo losing influence in their lives because they say things that are better left unsaid or they might say the right thing at the wrong time and ruin a situation. Have you ever met someone with, without discretion and every time you're around them, they always make things awkward because they say things at the wrong time or they say things that they should have just kept their mouth shut? That's lacking discretion. Having discretion means I don't have to give my two cents all the time. I pick and choose when I give my two cents. And it takes wisdom and discretion to know when to speak up and when to shut up, okay? That takes wisdom and discretion in our lives. And lastly, wisdom is, number five, it is deep learning. It's deep learning. Let's look at Proverbs 1 and 5 in the NIV. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. You can have knowledge without wisdom, but you can't have wisdom without knowledge, okay? Let me say that again. You can have knowledge without wisdom. All of us know people that know a lot, but they don't know any common sense, right? You can have knowledge without wisdom, but you cannot have wisdom without knowledge. For example, the oncologist's wisdom comes from his knowledge about cancer cells and how to effectively attack those cancer cells. That's where the oncologist's wisdom comes from. You must be knowledgeable about a subject before you can apply wisdom to that subject, okay? 
True wisdom takes knowledge and experience married together. Wise people understand that there is much to learn. They never come to the conclusion that they know everything there needs to be known about a particular subject or topic. Wise people are lifelong learners. Wise people are always looking for holes to fill in their own thoughts and ways of doing things. Wise people are incredibly aware of their own limitations. Okay? Nobody has to tell a wise person their limitations because they are keenly aware of where they are limited in an area and they are actively pursuing in how to fill the holes in that area of their lives. They're constantly surrounding themselves with people that are strong in their weakness. Okay? Great leaders, okay, they're not good at everything. What they're good at is surrounding themselves with people that are strong where they are weak. Okay? Because they understand that they cannot be great. They cannot be a 10 in everything. But they can surround themselves with people that are 10s in the areas that are, they are 4s and 5s and 6s. That's what true good leadership is. It's not a lone ranger being able to do everything and being able to save the day. It's, it's finding people that, that are gifted and that are good and saying, can you help me? Okay? I am weak in this area. Can you help me. Because let me tell you something, if it were up to me to play this guitar on Sunday mornings, okay, none of y'all would be here because it would sound so terrible, okay? If it were up to me to do children's ministry every week, those parents would not allow those children into uh, church on Sunday mornings because it would be so boring, okay? We need to surround people in our lives that can compliment us and that can help us where we are weak. This is a sign of wisdom, and this is a sign of uh, true leadership. True wisdom requires a deep learning and knowledge of the scriptures. Okay, uh, If I could have the worship team come up. Wise people have a deep knowledge and understanding of the scripture because the word of God, it's living, it's active, and it's full of wisdom. And as you learn the scriptures, as you meditate on the scriptures, as you devour the scriptures, as you memorize the scriptures, wisdom, the, 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 the wisdom tank in your life will go up. And like I said earlier, as you pursue Jesus, Jesus is God's wisdom. And as you pursue him, you will gain more wisdom, you'll gain more understanding, and you'll gain more insight. Jesus fought off temptation, not by his sheer willpower, okay, not by a formula, but by quoting scripture. He fought off temptation by declaring the word of God to the tempter. And if Jesus used the word to fight off the tempter, then that is what you and I ought to use as well, okay? We cannot fight off the temptation in our lives just simply by folding up our sleeves and saying, I am going to, by my willpower, overcome this. We've got to use Scripture as an offensive weapon to attack the enemy, as a weapon to fend off the arrows of temptation in our lives. We've got to use the Word of God to destroy 
the schemes of the enemy in our lives. We need to study the word and show ourselves approved. It's not enough to just hear the word of God expounded on Sunday morning. You have got to be in the word Monday through Saturday. You've got to know the word of God for yourself. You've got to study the word of God. You've got to meditate on the word of God. You've got to memorize the word of God. You've got to listen to the word of God. Sometimes I'll just, sometimes when I'm, uh, when, when I have to, uh, move my car for street cleaning and I have to sit in there for an hour and a half, I'll just put on my, my phone over the Bluetooth in my car and I'll just listen to the Word of God to get it in my spirit, to get it in my heart. Because I want, I want to be wiser. I want the wisdom of God in my life. I, I, want, I, want, um, I, I want to use the Word of God to, to fight off temptation in my life. So as I'm closing today, I want to get super practical here for a moment. If you don't know something about an area you would like to be wise in, like finances or gardening or cooking or astronomy or sports or anything or or any other subject, and you want to be wiser in that subject, here's what you need to do. You need to find some books on that subject and read them, okay? You need to find some classes on this subject and take them. You need to find some people that are experts in this subject and you need to ask them questions. You you need to buy them coffee or buy them dinner, buy them lunch and and have a notebook with questions and just ask them questions about what area you want to get wiser in. And then you need to practice it. You need to practice it and this is how you build. I know it's super, super practical, but this is how We grow in wisdom in our life. It's very simple. It's very practical. Amen. Let's pray.